Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Sneakers are huge business in Asia. Today, we're really fortunate to have an exclusive interview, an inside look at a business. They raised 10 million US dollars back in 2022 for Series A. They just concluded a 9.5 million US dollar Series B round led by iGlo Partners, GSR Ventures. We're talking to the sneaker and streetwear reselling platform. They're called Novel Ship, homegrown, by the way, and they've come a long way from their bootstrapping startup days of October 2018. Just going from strength to strength, even seeing 100% uh, monthly increases in terms of revenue, I understand, during the COVID period. And now that that's behind us, I'd like to find out how they're still growing. I'm looking at how they're offering a 100% authentic online platform for buying and selling limited edition sneakers and apparel. They say their user base is doubling. They've appointed Snoop Dogg as their official advisor They're an Asian platform looking to expand across Southeast Asia. They're players in a global collector's market worth about a projected six billion US dollars by 2025. The man behind sneaker trading platform Novel Ship joins me this morning. He's Singaporean Richard Sia. Richard, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Michelle. Did this really start because you're passionate about sneakers yourself, Novel Ship? Yeah, so I was actually, you know, I've been into sneaker space for more than 10 to 15 years, together with my co-founder, Chris. So you were a collector yourself to start with, is that right? Yeah, and back then, you know, it started in back in school days. Mm-hmm. So we didn't have a lot of money. So we tried to get the best bargain for our deal. And then that was really where we, you know, we tried to find the best deals on Facebook group, uh, Carousel, eBay, and, you know, you end up getting scammed a lot <laughs> when you do that. Yes, I know. There are lots of scams out there. So I must share with you, over the weekend, I spoke with a young man. I think he's 16. He's trying to convince his dad to let him use the supplementary credit card because he wants to buy group buys for his friends who don't have credit cards and he wants to jump on Panda Buy. So I want to ask you, you know, there's Carousel, there's Goat these days, there's, you know, Panda Buys as well, right? Platforms that allow you to buy direct from China. How do you authenticate and how do you stand out from the competition? Okay, first of all, because of our own experience, we know how painful it is to wait for one month for a pair of fake sticker. You might not be able to get your money back, you know. Then you are end up getting no shoes and no money, right? Mm. So because of that, we place really authentication at the core of business. So from the very first get-go, we believe in a layer approach, meaning it's a filter-by-filter approach. The first filter is really being really strict with our buyers and sellers. Mm-hmm. In some sense, you know, we uh, we verify the phone number, we verify the payment method. And if you're a seller, mm-hmm. you have to put down a uh, you know, payment method on our file so that if you do not if you do not follow our rules, if you violate against our rules repeatedly, we can actually penalize you for up to 15% of the selling price. Mm. And it proves to be uh, quite a deterrence. And we have, in many cases, penalized as well as banned accounts that have repeatedly tried to scam you know, on our website. Mm. So that's one, of course. The second layer is every single item that comes in, regardless if you're a new seller or veteran seller, we authenticate everything. So we don't, you know, we don't, give, we don't leave anything to chance. And of course, the final layer is that every single items that come in, we have authenticated a lot of them. 
we document every single item meticulously. We have database on all of them. Mm. And through this, we have been able to build up significant in-house capability in terms of image recognition using our database. And that further enhances our authentication capability. And of course, through these three layers, actually we keep the chance of anything passing through our system Hmm. to almost none. Wow, because authentication is key, right, to a platform like this with lots of knockoffs. They look so similar, Um, but you have real people authenticating each sneaker purchase. Fantastic, fantastic. So congratulations on your funding, almost 20 million raised in Series A and Series B funding. Tell us about who are the key investors involved? Yeah, so we have been really fortunate in the most recent round. Uh, as you can probably know, you know the recent uh, fundraising environment is not so good. So we have been very fortunate to be, uh, you know, to, to have very supportive investors. It was actually led by East Ventures with participation of existing investors like iGlobe and uh, iGlobe at GSR as well. Mm-mm. So uh, I think the reason why, you know, why East Ventures also invested in us was, you know, when I met the, the director of the fund, uh, Wilson, he happened to be a user of our platform as well. Oh. And he, he was a sneakerhead. <laughs> so he made the conversation slightly easier. Oh, wow. You started back in 2018, really recent, right? Uh, you say the, the present environment for maybe fundraising is not so hot, but how many sneakers do novel ships resell on a daily basis? I mean, is demand still growing? So I, I will have to say that the, the trading volume is still quite high. Hmm. So uh, especially during festive season, on certain days, we see like uh, literally three to 4,000 wow. transactions a day. Uh, on other normal days, 500 to 1,000. But you, if you look at it, on average, the volume has not decreased. Uh, I think what has really changed or what has shifted over time is that because of the economic environment, mm-hmm. people want to get more bang for buck. So you still want to be cool. Right, you still mm-hmm. want to wear cool sneakers, but maybe instead of spending five hundred, you potentially want to spend three hundred instead. Mm-hmm. So this is this I would say is the biggest shift in the whole game. Interesting. And do most of your users are they purchasing to buy um, to wear these sneakers or to because they they want to store them with you? They're collectibles. I would have to say we have both type of uh, consumer, uh, but I would say those who actually buy to wear is is like ninety percent of our user base. Wow. Although there is still like ten to ten to fifteen percent of the users who actually use this as a kind of uh, investment instrument, right? And then mm. we do offer a storage option for them to buy and store, and then at a better time they can use this to to resell at a higher price as well. Fantastic. So that, that you shrink wrap it or something these shoes to keep it pristine. Yeah. Exactly. And then we even have, uh, you know, in our storage warehouse, we have aircon on all the time, mm. same temperature, and then we have the humidifier. Wow. Okay. So this is really cream of the crop when it comes to storage facilities. Now, back to the funding, almost 20 million US dollars raised. Richard, how will the fresh injection of funds be used to really move the company forward in terms of where you are in Southeast Asia? Right. So, during the COVID days, we managed to enter at least three to four new markets very quickly. Mm. So right now, we already have presence in six markets around the region. Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, Australia, New Zealand, Taiwan. Uh, but honestly, in some of these new markets, uh, we don't have very deep roots in these new markets. 
So I think one of the things we really want to do is we want to strengthen. So we want to, of course, uh, strengthen our logistics network as well as uh, strengthening the offerings that we have to our users in all of these markets. So we want to go deeper into each of these markets mm-hmm. to really give them a better experience. Did you say strengthen the logistics? The Are you looking at logistics as well? Exactly. So we're looking at uh, more robust, uh, robust uh, logistics network as well, mm. including working with different partners in each country as well as different Korean partners in each country to really give them even more options, right? Not just uh, you know waiting for the parcel to arrive at your house, potentially even drop-off locations. Wow. Because the faster you can get the sneakers to the individual, the faster they can hit that button and buy again, right? Makes a lot of sense. Um, So I understand you have a multi-millionaire philanthropist on your board of advisors. He's an actor. He's a rapper. He has his own shoes as well, right? Snoop Dogg and Sketches. Top dog style, I understand. Uh, tell us about the Snoop Dogg sitting on your board of advisors. How 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 is he helping the company grow? Right. So actually, it all began with uh, how 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 this came about, right? Hmm. Actually, Snoop Dogg uh, came about uh, you know during a conversation with one of our investor, Ken. Uh, he's uh, you know he's quite an insider in the whole uh, entertainment business. Oh. So he was like, hey, you know, if you could have anyone on your on your advisor board, mm-hmm. you know, who would you like to have? I would say, oh, definitely one of the OGs in hip hop, right? So I, I happen to be a very big hip hop fan. Oh. Uh, and then we listed a few names, and he was like, hey, look, I might be able to get you connected to Snoop. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> and then a few months later, fast forward, you know, I was sitting in Snoop's compound <gasps> and I was waiting for him to come into the room and it was a very surreal experience. Oh my but, goodness. Uh, yeah. But anyway, long story cut short, I think what Snoop is really helping us on is Snoop is, first of all, Snoop is a is an insider in the business. He has a lot of connections with brands. He has a lot, done a lot of collaboration deals. So first of all, he's coming in to advise me directly. So he has frequent periodic calls with me mm. to advise me on how we should develop the platform from from a cultural perspective. Okay, as in the culture of sneakerheads, the people who are buying these shoes and what exactly, they want. Exactly, the, the, the street culture, you know, in how to develop the street culture in Asia, the, the sneaker culture here. Oh. And then on top of that, he also lands a lot of, uh, connections to brands as well as other collaboration, you know, partners that we potentially want to work with. Wow. Yeah, so he kind of works behind the scene instead of uh, it being like a really like an endorsement kind of deal. But it sounds like he's really hands-on as in he calls you and you guys chat about the business. Yeah, so he's a very, very busy man. So we try to schedule way in advance. <laughs> I can imagine. Wow, imagine that. And, and are any of his shoes on your site? So we try to get something going uh, by actually uh, having his, uh, you know, personally signed sneakers and used sneakers. Oh. Uh, but it ended up being too troublesome in terms of logistics. Oh. So we're exploring some other some other ideas instead. Hey, you can have my sneakers. I'll sign them for you. Five oh, bucks. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I understand that you're you're looking to diversify your collections really and reach out to the female market. So you might want my sneakers. What does this really entail? Reaching out to the female market. Yeah. So when we first started, it was really a guy slash dude kind of thing, right? Like back then, I still remember when we first started, you know, in end of 2018, start of 2019. Yeah. 
90% of our demographic was male. <laughs> so it was really a male topic. <laughs> and 10% was female. But fast forward to now, actually female users account for, based on what I checked last time, hmm. 45% of the user base. What? And in fact, female user base is actually growing at a faster clip compared to the male user base. Incredible. Yeah. So, you know, I think more female are getting into this lifestyle, you know, getting into sneakers. So this is definitely something that we're looking at. So on our part, what we're doing is mm. compared to before, where we have a very limited, uh, you know, limited uh, number of selections. Right now, we have expanded our selection by almost tenfold to half a million product models. And then by the end, by the I think in in a, in a matter of a quarter or, or you know somewhere early next year, we'll expect our selection to expand even further beyond one million. And then that will have a significant number of models that cater to just female. Wow. So interesting to hear how the street culture of getting into sneakers is growing amongst women. I wonder if it's because during COVID, so many people were working from home and perhaps got used to dressing down a little bit and uh, dressing more comfortably. Because once, as a woman, you ditch the heels and get into sneakers, it's really difficult to go back. You get addicted to the comfort. But also, your sneakers are all about flexing, right? A lot of them are collectibles. Uh, so, I would say sneakers as a whole is very comfortable, yeah. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> yeah, you can't be the comfort yeah, so, factor. So, so, I think, I think what's, what's really the beauty of it is like, like exactly like what you said, right? You can actually can have the best of both worlds for sneakers. It can be comfortable for you. It can also look great, you know, with different type of uh, pairing you know, with just... your other clothes as well. They can. I mean, you, you can look absolutely amazing. I'm looking at your site, looking at some of the sneakers. I'd, I don't consider myself a sneakerhead, but once you see these sneakers, you think, wow, that looks really, really cool. And then it becomes, I need to have that gold pair of sneakers because they would go nicely with my gold dress. Um, tell me, what is hot right now in terms of styles? So I will have to say, the, okay, one of the biggest beauty of uh, you know, the past one or two years is, you know, sneakers have really gone mainstream. So one of the hottest sneakers that you can see on our website is actually this thing called Panda Bug, or rather uh, Dunk Low Black White. It sold more than, I believe it sold more than 20,000 pairs on our website in the last year. $145, Dunk Low, Black White. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not expensive, you know. Yeah. So a lot of people have the expectation that sneakers are like 300, 400. And I'm telling them, no, right? Right now, you can actually get a pair of sneakers on our website for less than 150. And they, they also look really good. Is this brand new or is this used if I were to buy it off your site? Are they all okay. used? Okay, so we have this term in the industry called dead stock. But what it basically means is brand new slash pre-owned but in pristine condition. So brand new, yeah. What is that term again, known in the industry? It's called big stock. Big stock. Big stock. Okay, got it. Yeah, $145. I can see why this is so popular and flying off the shelves. It's black and white. It goes with jeans. It goes with pretty much everything. And actually, one of the things I really want to bring people's attention is if you're on our site, you want to get inspiration of how it looks on on your feed. And without committing to buy it first, Mm. you can actually click on the product. And actually, there's a section called lookbook where it's basically posted by our users. Yeah. And then you can see how people are dressing it. Yeah, 
that's really cool, actually. Instead of just reviews, um, because I suppose in this world, it's all about the visuals, right? So you got the visuals going with the lookbook there. I am really enjoying diving into this whole world of sneakers with Richard Sia, homegrown co-founder and CEO of Novel Ship. Just fantastic. Proudly Singaporean, right, this company? Yes, exactly. Both me and my co-founder. Absolutely fantastic. All right, let's get serious for a minute. In terms of environmental concerns associated with this industry's growth, what stands out for you? One of the biggest things is because sometimes people are paying big bucks for limited edition pair of sneakers. So we do take a lot of uh, uh, care and concern to make sure their parcel receive, uh, are received in pristine condition. And that means uh, packaging, uh, protection, double protection, and, and, and all of this, right? You know, to, in order to make sure, because many times the products are coming from overseas. Actually, more than 50% of our transactions on our website mm-hmm. happen between buyers and sellers of different countries. So that makes this even more uh, pressing. So I think from my perspective, I'm already seeing, oh, wow, you know, that's, that's a significant amount of packaging right. and, and, you know, you know boxes, paper boxes being used. So on our part, what we're doing is, uh, I think in the past one year, past half a year, we realized the environmental impact of all of our, you know, transactions and shipping. So what we've done, what we've done is we have actually done a much more customized type of packaging hmm. that reduces the, the kind of uh, carbon emission and paper box usage by more than 22% wow. on a yearly basis. Mm. And going by our volume, mm-hmm. actually, it's a significant amount of saving. It's, if I'm not wrong, it's almost 22 tons of carbon emission being saved. Amazing. Yeah, I can imagine plastic, paper, packaging would be a key area that you could look at as, a, as an opportunity, in fact, to reduce costs as well, right? Um, looking ahead, Richard, I know, like I said, I shared with you off air about this young man. He's trying to get his sneaker, bit. he's 16, by the way. He's trying to get his supplementary card <laughs> use approved by his dad so he can start his sneaker business. What, what do you share with uh, entrepreneurs who, who want to start something themselves in this industry? Well, <laughs> I think sounded exactly like me when I was sixteen. Right? <laughs> I think one of the one of the hardest thing to to do, uh, especially if you're you know so called young budding entrepreneur, is really convincing your parents on what you're doing. Right. So back then, I think when when sneakers was not such a big deal, my mom always asked me like, "What the hell are you doing? Right? What's this?" Thing? Thing. <laughs> are you are you legitimately doing something or you're just using it as an excuse to buy more sneakers? <laughs> so it was really a, a very hard, you know, it was very hard to explain to my parents. Uh, so I think number one is really just keep going at it. I think mm. what, what parents want to see is that you also persevere, right? So I think they can throw kind of, they can throw different type of doubts at you. But if you keep going, they will quickly realize that you're serious about it. And then any doubts will turn into support. I think that's number one from my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is that if you can get monetary support or you know from your parents, that would be great. Mm-hmm. But don't count on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> Were you self-funded when you started 2018? Yeah, you know, we had to sell our sneaker collection to actually get things started. You had to sell your own sneakers, really? Yeah. Oh. Yes, yeah. So we had to sell sneakers to, to, to get things started. So it was not was not simple because we, 
we couldn't get any you know support at the start. Yeah. Uh, so the the second the second advice is don't mm-hmm. count on anyone support. Try to get things going on your own first. Mm. Uh, if you have your own fund, then try to get it going. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't have, then I, if I'm not wrong, there are a number of uh, grants out there, especially by the government and school, uh, because they are quite supportive of entrepreneurship nowadays. So I think try to get things going on your own first before you roll in any external support. I think that will be much easier. And especially if you're able to get things going and show some traction in what you're doing in terms of revenue, in terms of uh, user base, anything like that. Did you imagine that you'd be hitting a million? I think it was during COVID, you were hitting a million in revenue. What was it, every month? Yeah, in fact, we exceeded that amount (laughs) very quickly by the end of uh, COVID. Oh my goodness. Uh, did you expect that when you first started this company back in 2018? No, not at all. Like When we first started this, we never knew how, how big it was going to get. We just thought like, okay, you know, we have this issue with all these scammers out there trying to sell fake sneakers. Can we solve our own issue and try to solve the issue for our friends who are also facing the same issue? We never imagined how big it's going to get. Amazing. I love hearing Singapore success stories like this. Richard, thank you so much for the generosity of your time and uh, sharing some advice with us, money advice this morning as well. Really appreciate it, Richard. Have a great day ahead. Have a great day ahead. Thank you for having me. He's Richard Sia, co-founder. CEO of Novel Ship. Hey, it's Cyber Monday. I don't know if they have Cyber Monday sales, but I'm looking at the site. It's going to be difficult for me to not buy anything this morning, for sure. This is Money and Me. I'm Michelle Martin. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.